Hello and welcome to the Atem podcast. My name is Dorota Buskela and this is the place to be to catch up on what you missed at the 2021 edition of the online 24 hours of Atem. So, for this 12th episode, we will cover 5G broadcast when OTA meets OTT. Let's start the engines. Okay, great. So, uh, thanks for the introduction from Kevin. Uh, actually, today we have three sessions. Uh, the first one is from ZTE, uh, from Dr. Uh, Lu Wei. And the second one is from Kokong, from Dr. Chao. And the last one is uh, Tam's point of view for, for on 5G. And here are the uh, speakers and uh, our moderator. Uh, actually, I'm not a moderator. Moderator is Kevin. So <laughs> I made a mistake here. Um, so uh, here we have three sessions. And uh, the main topic is regarding the next generation uh, TV. With, uh, I believe with the 5G, we are actually, we attempt, we are transforming the video delivery from contribution, production, and to the distribution. For example, for, from the very left, the origin source of the TV and media. Uh, the source can be from uh, production, SNG charts or stadium and uh, maybe studios. And remember in the past, we are using satellite or fixed or lease lines to send this signal back to TV station for processing. And now with the power of 5G uplink, we are able to deliver this content via 5G network to reduce the cost. And uh, because comparing to uh, the satellite uplink, 5G uplink is up much cheaper and uh, the same level of stability, or in some cases, even better. And today, we are able to contribute the, the 4K events via the 5G uplink. And believe with the power of VVC, which we call H266, we will be able to contribute 8K content via 5G uplink. Also, we can uh, use the power of MEC, uh, Mobile Edge Computing, for the pre-processing of the content and uh, use the cloud to build the channels. We can even build our own virtual TV stations on the cloud with the cloud infrastructure together with the computing resources at the Mobile Edge. Uh, then, after the uh, required processing, the service provider can publish the channels over the cloud then they can have a hybrid facility to have some processing on the cloud and some on-premises facilities. And with the mobile edge, we can do some like just-in-time packaging or just-in-time transcoding to adapt our content to various of protocols or uh, end clients. And with the help from 5G, we are now able to broadcast the channels via 5G network so that all subscribers can use the same spectrum to receive the popular channels. And the unicast is only for the channels in the long term. Uh, this can be dynamic and be intelligent so, so that we can make the uh, full use of the spectrum for on 5G. And as you can see from the uh, middle panel in the slides, ATEM is actually providing full end-to-end -end solution from contribution to distribution with uh, the support of various protocols. Uh, which can be suitable in different use cases. For example, we can use SRT, Zixie, or REST protocol for contribution over 5G to overcome the packet loss, which is much more advanced than the RTMP. 
and we can also deploy the whole RTM solution on a cloud, either it's private or public, to receive the content which is coming from 5G uplink and process them using the cloud resources. Today, we can support the uh, deployment of attempt cloud solutions over the uh, cloud infrastructure from AWS, uh, Microsoft Azure, Huawei, Alibaba, Tension, and also other cloud service providers. Then uh, maybe after we are building the channels on the cloud, we can transcode the channel into multiple bitrate in different encapsulations such as Dash, HLS, MMT, TS, maybe, or we can transcode them into Dash and feed it to 5G infrastructure using 5G broadcast to all the 5G terminals. And today, uh, with the uh, support from ZTE, which, who is one of the biggest and the professional telco equipment vendors, we are able to do the contribution and distribution over 5G. And with the underlying technology from Qualcomm, more on the end client and chipset side, we, can, we believe that the 5G technology will finally transform the video delivery chain. And now let's welcome Dr. Lu Wei to give her presentation on how 5G will drive video delivery, video evolution, sorry. Great. Thank you. So uh, yeah, thanks Ben, and uh, thanks Atem for the invitation. And I see that's my pleasure to attend this session as a speaker and also to share my view on how 5G will drive the video evolution in the near future. And so I'm working for ZTE Corporation, and as you may know, that ZTE is a solution and equipment provider for telecom operators. So that means that we are providing a wireless network, fixed network, and also the video uh, platform and solutions. Okay, so um, I have prepared a few slides about the 5G construction in China and also in the other country of the world. So here we have some uh, pictures. So for example, we can see on the picture um, for the 5G construction. Um, that's an example of the uh, November last year. Um, so we had uh, around 385,000 5G base stations constructed by China Mobile, so which is also the uh, largest telecom operator in the world. And we also have, for example, uh, 320,000 base stations constructed by both China Telecom and China Unicom because these two operators uh, jointly build and share the uh, network, 5G networks together. So that's about the uh, construction of the 5G base stations. And uh, on the other hand, so we also have some data for the uh, shipment of 5G mobile phones because we have started, for example, from January to November uh, in 2020 around 144 million 5G mobile phones in China. So uh, that's around 51% of the total 5G mobile phones shipment in China market. Okay, so uh, global, globally, so here we have some statistical data uh, reported by GISMA. And uh, we can see that at the end of the fourth quarter in uh, 2020, that we have around 135 operators in 52 markets so uh, who have already launched a 5G service. And uh, we also had 290 operators in 100 markets with a 5G trial. So which makes a total of 580 uh, 5G trials in the world. 
and uh, for the effective connections, so this number reached around 240, uh, 34 million. So um, let's see that for people who have upgraded their service to 5G, and today they are mostly um, positive with the 5G service because it's uh, faster, so that's mainly due to the network speed. But we have to see that we are still waiting for a 5G specific service. Okay. So talking about this uh, 5G specific service, um, as 5G can bring higher uh, network speed and more network bandwidth so we can stream more data. But uh, streaming more data means that we can generate, for example, higher res resolution video like 4K or 8K, and also that we can offer data intensive applications like VR, AR, or 360 degree video. And uh, as said then that uh, today we also have new video technology like, uh, we also have new video technology like, for example, the uh, 266 um, and the, uh, yeah, um, like the VVC or uh, new stream protocol like WebRTC. So with, uh, with this kind of new streaming technology, we can again improve the uh, video experience and to offer low latency for interactive live streaming, for example. And for example, here we have two examples of the uh, new use cases under 5G network. So the first one is for live events. So uh, live events means, for example, some um, sports or some um, important event like uh, <clears throat> we have a demonstration here, but I don't know if I can. I can show that. Uh, so that's, yeah, but, um, okay. That's not important. So that's a 360 degree video uh, from a match of Chinese basket uh, association. So um, when we see 360 degrees, so that means free view points or VR live streaming. And uh, sometimes we also have the no immersive viewing experience like uh, um, we also named it multi angles. So with that kind of video experience, so the end user can, for example, select from which camera angles they want to view the action. And they can switch, for example, between different uh, uh, camera angles. And on the right, uh, we have another demonstration that's for the uh, remote, yeah. Uh, that's a remote production of live streaming uh, in a basket training place in my city. So by using uh, some kind of AI camera. So we, with AI algorithm integrated. So um, there is another example with online learning. So what we can see on the, uh, yes. And yes. Uh, for example, yeah, this video virtual education platform, we can recreate a VR classroom for teachers and the students. And uh, we can also offer some immersive learning experience. So that's the reason that we believe that with 5G, uh, we can uh, always offer better user experience for video streaming services, whatever the use case is. We think that by combining the uh, 5G network technology together with the uh, new video technology, we can help each industry to evolve uniquely by uh, get more uh, revenue stream 
and by create more uh, new and innovative products. Um, okay, and here I would like to compare uh, together the 5G network with 4G network, because today we are talking about the 5G uh, new technologies. And uh, let's see, we have three main differences between 5G and 4G. So first difference must be 5G downlink, because you know that we have a much higher network speed with 5G, but um, for us, my difference is we can only deliver content over unicast with 4G network, but with 5G, we can deliver content uh, over unicast, but also by broadcast. Then the question is, how can we deliver content to a unified way um, for both unicast and broadcast delivery? So that's the first difference. And the second difference comes with the edge computing, because edge computing is uh, something new brought by 5G network. And uh, so here we can see a typical 5G infrastructure with cloud, with network, with end user device, but also uh, the edge, which is between the network and end user device. Okay, so that's the second difference. And uh, the third difference is for 5G uplink because 5G is offering um, uplink bandwidth much higher than 4G. And we can use such kind of uh, bandwidth for content production, uh, even for some professional content production, uh, like uh, uh, uplink stream up to 80 megabits and even 100 megabits. So that's a very big difference. So we have these three differences between 5G and 4G, and I will go one by one. So I have to go to the next slide. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Ben. Okay, so uh, for 5G downlink, so we are beginning, we are start with 5G downlink. <clears throat> so as I just said that uh, with 5G, we, of course, we have the unicast delivery of content. And uh, for example, in the 3GPP release 16, we have the uh, spec for ENTV. So which is basically um, an enhancement or an evolution of the traditional EMBMS. So that's uh, the broadcasting of video content over the high power, high tower. And in the release 17, we are going also to have the uh, broadcasting over the uh, standard 5G base station. So which is a new spec. So, um, <clears throat> and in case that we have to deliver content in a unified manner over different network or over different network transmission modes, the question is how can we do that? So we can go to the next slide. And we think that we have to, thank you, to have a unified packaging container uh, to do that. Um, and CMF it seems to be a good option because CMF is a unified packaging container for media stream. And uh, it can support the mainstream uh, delivery protocol like HLS, like Dash or even like low latency dash. And the most important is it has no effect on the existing encoding format um, or on the existing video architecture. So that's uh, very important. And also because of CMF can support low latency. So that's the reason that we see uh, many of the broadcasters today um, have adopted CMF as the uh, packaging protocol. And also CMF is 
proposed policies adopted by 3GPP in the GLE 16 as a uh, packaging protocol. Mm -hmm. So for uh, 5G uplink, okay. So um, I just said 5G offer uh, much higher bandwidth with uplink and it can be up to uh, 80 or uh, 100 megabits because you know with 4G we only have, for example, uh, uplink bandwidth around 10 megabits. So that's a very big change. But uh, the problem is we uh, still uh, observe that a lot of people are using today RTMP as an uplink protocol. And RTMP is absolutely not sufficient for today's streaming uh, requirements. So that's a problem. And um, we have compared uh, then RTMP with the uh, SRT, and we see that SRT can offer much better performance for the uplink streaming. So we see it as a good replacer of the uh, RTMP. But the problem is um, it is not interoperable. I mean, because the SRT is uh, released by Hivision as an open uh, source standard and uh, it still has a problem of interoperability. So that's the reason that we are waiting for a new uh, reliable streaming transport protocol for the 5G uplink. And we think that GRIST may be a good option because it is uh, fully vendor agnostic. So it's uh, fully interoperable. And uh, it has also a good design approach for the security for both encryption and authentication. So that's uh, for the uplink. And so that's okay, the last uh, slide. Okay, so the last slide is about the uh, 5G edge because um, I just said that the edge computing is also something new brought by 5G network construction. And uh, we see today, today that, for example, in China, these three major operators are building the uh, mobile edge computing platform uh, in major cities. And uh, in order to offer, for example, these services closer to the end user or to their customers uh, with a very low latency, and they can also, for example, boost the uh, delivery of high definition video by cooperating with the uh, major cloud service providers. Um, okay, but uh, for such kind of mobile edge computing platform, uh, we have to implement all functions in a software-based way. So uh, that means um, any functions like codec or uh, virtual CDN must be container or virtual machine based. So uh, that's uh, also what we are doing now with ATEM because we are, uh, ATEM has container-based transcoding uh, product or technology and we are testing Atem's uh, container-based product with our uh, mobile edge computing platform. And we aim to build together a product, um, a streaming as a service at the 5G edge um, computing platform and to offer it to our customers, the operator, the telecom operator. Then they can, for example, offer a streaming service at the edge instead of just network access or uh, a streaming transmission. So, okay, um, I think that's all of my presentation. Yeah, thanks, Wei. Um, <laughs> actually, yes, I, I think we are so honored to be part of your end-to-end -end solution for the uh, video processing. 
so many thanks. Um, so let's now, I think we can turn to the, uh, the slides for, uh, uh, for Dr. Chao, Dr. Yiqing. Yeah. Hi, Yiqing. Can Thank you take you. over the control? Yeah, you want me uh, to... let me try. Uh, okay. I just unmute Great. myself. Yeah, try to make sure you can hear me. Yes, we can hear you. Yeah. Thank Thanks. you, okay. Dr. Lu. And before we start, I just want to give our, our kind audience a reminder that we have an options question. And, and if you have any questions, we're going to address them at the end of the session. Thank you. The floor is yours. Thanks, Dr. Chang. Yeah. Thanks, uh, thanks very much uh, for attempts invitation. And uh, I'm quite uh, you know, honored to be, uh, to be here to make this presentation on behalf of Qualcomm to share our views on the TV services over 5G. So yeah, let me start. Yeah, actually I'm working with uh, Qualcomm uh, for around seven years and uh, I'm working in the standard team and currently uh, take care of the TV, uh, TV standard uh, discussion in China. And also I'm content person of the 3GPP efforts in China. Uh, from uh, on behalf of Qualcomm. Okay, let me start the content part. Um, consider about the TV services. We will uh, very surprisingly find that uh, even in end of the last century, we still used to you know get everything from the TV services. We can uh, watch the news. We can get the information. We can get the advertisement. We watch the TV shows just from the TV. Even in the last and uh, last several years of the last century, but uh, when we come to this century, especially after we have smartphones, then we will uh, we we cannot even feel that the trend has become you know another. We used to get the everything from the smartphones, and we do not you know uh, open our TV set every day. Uh, frankly, more and more people. At least some, uh, at least myself, uh, just you know, kind of uh, withdraw my uh, subscription of the cable TV a couple of years ago, and we also uh, move our uh, you know uh, move our trends from listening to the car uh, mounted radio uh, from several years ago. What we just used to do is just when we you know. Uh, get into the car and open our smartphones and get what we want to listen or what we want to, uh, what which music we want to uh, choose during our driving to anywhere. So, and we also used to, you know, watch every news from the new publisher, like the uh, different apps, different news apps, different video apps, even some social network to get everything what we want to know. So, Consider about that. This is just a 15 years, uh, sorry, 25 years ago. We totally change our behavior, get the information from TV, video, and newspapers. So what we do is just, you know, uh, how to uh, make our corresponding uh, changes around the technology part. So far that we can see the uh, challenges to the broadcasters that the new, we have new media formats because we fully rely on our smartphone and the different receive terminals. We have the new devices. Now we used to uh, 
use iPad, smartphones to access the news, but we also foresee that we can use, have more terminals like the AR, VR, or even other terminals we do not know exactly today. And we have mass audience and chunks uh, in the future. So everything changed very fast. We cannot even forecast what will happen tomorrow or, or next year, but we can forecast that will be a change even faster than before. Yeah, so what we can do is a viable approach, approach for the media provider and broadcasters. We, we can focus on the service. That's, we, that's what I was suggesting to the uh, broadcasters then rely on the global media and uh, access technologies. We made some example here. Uh, some, uh, we, we will have different pro, uh, production service, TV service, content service, which you're to, uh, from t broadcasters only. Now we have more distributed uh, service provider, like the content provider, like the production service provider. Then we have a universal uh, production technologies to support the different service providers behavior. Then we have, we are trying to have the unified distribution technologies uh, to satisfy uh, current different formats, codecs, presentations, and proper APIs. What we propose and focus from Qualcomm side that we provo uh, provide some internet and 5G based access to the broadcasters to support their TV uh, different services. We, we so, uh, propose to, uh, you know, like the end of the unified and the different standard bodies fully rely on them to uh, make everything happy. That's we, uh, here is some example standard bodies, like DVB, AIB, sorry, that's a mistake here, and W3C, MPEG-IF, ITF, and CDPP for different technologies and different layers. Uh, from an economic uh, report from Ericsson, uh, here is a, uh, below is a uh, reference source. Well, this, from this report, we can see there's a, a very large change and growth for the mobile data traffic uh, between this uh, around 12 years from 2013 to 2024. We can see there's a really large uh, amount of the uh, data that's the monthly global mobile data traffic uh, to be expected in 2024. Um, so the in the same report, it, it forecasts as uh, uh, around 75% uh, of the mobile data traffic is from multimedia creation and consumption, which is a really large number and the percentage of the uh, data traffic which used by the uh, smartphones and mobile terminals. And even in 2024, that's the uh, uh, around one fourth of the mobile data traffic will be carried by 5G networks, which is 1.3 times more than uh, 4, 3, 2G traffic today. So this is a really uh, big trend for the technology side.
Yes, that's the next one. Yeah, for 5G broadcast, what we want to deliver is that 5G broadcast is ready for the uh, premium time. That's the, we have the uh, release 16 technologies, which is uh, on top of that, they developed on top of release 14. And we have a unified technology platform for operators, the broadcasters and third party content providers. We also have the, uh, we have the uh, standard is not conflict, which is part of 3GPP release 16 specifications, which is uh, based on high tower, high power. Uh, we can use a, a minimum number of the base station to cover uh, the whole area because we have the a single uh, high tower to cover more areas, more users compared with the normal uh, base stations of the mobile operators. So this will lead to low capex. And the many system enhancement um, over ex existing solutions like the improved range, mobility, efficiency, capacity, and the development flex uh, with more flexibility. So what do you want to say that 5G broadcast technology is ready? Oh yeah, we move to the next one. That's a 5G for produ uh, production and distribution is now a, a, a hot topic even inside the 3GPP and the whole industry. We can say that the uh, video content uh, want to uh, be distributed uh, via 5G network. As, as more and more have been, happened in 4G network, then the broadcasters get the video content and distribute them also with 5G network, maybe based on some uh, advanced technology like the internet, cloud, edge, to uh, improve the user experience. And we have different terminals. We have AR, we have laptop, TV, even car, pad, a different, Use the terminals to receive the to access the content. Uh, in in 3GPP, we have we just complete release 16, which we have the key features 5G broadcast, just as I mentioned. That we have we also have the 5G media streaming, uh, at uh, in by SA4, and we also have some initial uh, study uh, and normative work for AR and VR, which we call XR in uh, different working groups in release 17, which just started, that we also have some AV uh, features for AV protection, multicast support in 5G, new video codecs and uh, yeah, edge processing. So everything with uh, 5G video, how to support video uh, with 5G network is a, a, a relative a large branch. Uh, currently in uh, 3GPP study. And here is uh, uh, just a summary of what uh, what we have uh, for this 5G broadcast now. Um, yeah, the key feature is here. We, we can uh, use a single base station to cover a very large area. Uh, based on the evaluation, it can be single uh, base station coverage can be up to 100 kilometers. So this is really a large area to cover by a single base station and will lead to a low cap uh, capex. So there's more broadcaster capability and uh, more flexibility because there's some some kind of the transparent mode if the broadcaster wants to use their originally uh, codec or, or format to distribute the content. 
And from a system layer uh, enhancement, that's uh, we have we support remote, uh, receive only mode, which means that the users do not necessarily have a SIM card. It can be purely on the application layer uh, authentication that the user can work even uh, without a SIM card. So it can uh, support more types of the terminals like the car mounted, like the different handheld, even uh, other TVs. And we have a unified protocols which, where CMAP packaging is a very important part. Just as uh, uh, Dr. Louis said, uh, this is a part of this system in CGPP and we have the standardizing interface and we have shared broadcaster architecture to support different uh, flexible uh, deployment scenarios. And here's, yeah, here is some more information about the existing timeline. I want, I do not want to uh, repeat every details here. But what the key information is that we complete the 16 uh, in last year. I think should be around June 2020. So this is ready to be deployed by the broadcasters. And uh, yeah, here is another part very important part, which is we call it upper layer from CGPP perspective. That's the challenges you can see, that's the 5G media streaming idea. Why we, why we need to have this uh, 5G media streaming? We have some challenges like the, from uh, the standard, uh, from SD to um, higher quality uh, to be supported uh, via smartphone. We have the quality issue like the buffering doors and et cetera. Uh, to be associated to operators. We have encryption issues because currently uh, the, the internet content use uh, encryption or HTTPS. And we are facing that the uh, operators uh, uh, make some claims, uh, make some, just to say uh, mobile or video, just eating all the uh, data caps. And uh, we also face a new format with Codex experience to be supported based on the smartphones. And we have new verticals like the TV ecosystem want to uh, leverage the ecosystem of 3GPP. So there's a lot of challenges here. Uh, so one more, uh, the most important part that's how to uh, monetize the video traffic on 5G and share the revenues across, uh, across the content and service providers and mobile operators. Here is a, a 5G uh, media streaming um, details. We can here we have we can see that we have different players. We have the uh, manifestors. We generally use Dash HLS for smartphones, and uh, to support upper layer applications. And we have the content offering based on the same map, which can provide the low latency and unified the content distribution experience. Then everything based on the CDN. Yeah, that's a, a hot topic here. That's uh, we use a CDN network to distribute the uh, content and uh, to further support the broadcasters to reach out every area of the of the country. And we have the platforms and the players. We have different, you know, uh, types of the platform and players to be supported. So 5G media streaming try to solve everything together, make a unified framework for the end-to-end uh, -end, uh, players. Uh, here is an example, the low latency of the broadcast distribution. 
What we want to say is here is the encoder to end latency, which is we call EEL. We also have another latency, uh, which is encoder to display latency. The difference is that the, we call it EDL compared to EEL that we do not include the production latency, which we cannot control, which is not part of the distribution. So for MPEG and dash IF, uh, we want to uh, solve kind of the, uh, this, how to reduce the EDL latency and expect objective, some, uh, some uh, optimized objective like the EDL to be around 3.5 seconds, the startup around one second, uh, different clients and synchronization within uh, 500 milliseconds. So yeah, that's, that's our optimization uh, objective. Uh, this is more details about how CMF uh, saves the latencies. Yeah, this is the issue, yeah. So basic idea is that the, um, we, when we have the CMF, that we, we can have the smaller, uh, smaller chunks uh, for this uh, content delivery. That's the content uh, receiver do not necessarily wait for this, uh, sorry. Wait for everything arrived, then then start to code. So this is a, a kind of the uh, most popular way to solve this latency issue nowadays. And we are happy to see more and more uh, ecosystem players accept this idea and uh, seriously considering to implement based on their solutions. So. For the advantage of the trunk segments that we have legacy player support with the same content info infrastructure and uh, this is CDN friendly and dec uh, decoupling the latency from the segment duration, reduce the automation support DVB dash and for different codex formats. And this is also standard based and promotes a con uh, convergence convergence and work also with ABR, multicast and forecast, which is uh, uh, discussed in DVB and other broadcast standard bodies. Yeah, we also come from the uh, upper layer, which is the service layer. Um, currently, DVBI make a good progress on service layer that we also prefer to use the uh, DVBI as a service layer definition. Here is a, uh, how to unify that's the different user terminals with the service layer. Yeah, this is uh, just ongoing and we can see uh, this is a very good trend to provide a unified service layer here. Let's take a look. So uh, that's commercial network start with the 5G broadcast based on the 16 and 16 5G media streaming and hybrid hybrid unicast and broadcast, which is uh, defined uh, by CGPP. We have the service layer, just as mentioned. This is, um, we trying to try to uh, endorse and promote the unified service layer. Currently, DVBI uh, gets some uh, achievement, which is a good trend. And uh, we create the interface and APIs to distribute DVBI service over 5G. Uh, there's an ongoing efforts support by broadcasters, mobile operators, and OEMs, and different technology providers. 
Yeah, this is the last one. Uh, I'm, what we are trying to say is that the ecosystem for the um, for TV uh, services uh, is ready. We propose, we propose to uh, adopt and deploy of the 5G broadcast depends on the various circle of the, of the incentives. Like the broadcasters, uh, what we want to say is that typical broadcasters own their, you can use their, their own broadcasting spectrum to deploy this kind of the one-way uh, uh, one service and uh, based on transmission towers and based on their own content. And device OEMs influence with technologies included in silicon and modems. If there is a, a very clear sign that the broadcaster will uh, adopt this technology, yeah, the whole ecosystem will seriously consider to uh, develop these features. And the key adoption of 5G broadcasts will be a ge uh, geography where interest and broad of broadcaster device OEMs are aligned. So this is basically a regional deployment. And we, uh, we also see a very global uh, interest from the uh, different regions, even globally, that's uh, uh, increasing, which is important to keep the emerging interest and requirements aligned. Yeah, that's everything from my side. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Dr. Chow. Uh, I already saw some questions regarding 5G broadcast and ATSC 3.0. And I guess uh, we'll, we'll leave these questions in the end. Um, so then it's uh, time for attempts view. Um, so let me, let me get the questions. Actually, I will forward the questions to uh, uh, Dr. Chow and uh, Dr. Lu Wei. Um, Okay, and uh, again, thanks for the uh, great presentation from Dr. Lu and uh, um, and, and Dr. Chow. Now uh, let's go back to our uh, point of view for the big 5G topic. So actually with the acquisition of Anivia, uh, Atem is the only company that can provide the real end-to-end -end solution for TV service uh, providers in our industry. I mean, uh, comparing to Harmonic and uh, uh, MediaKind, we are the only one. And uh, uh, because uh, ZTE and Qualcomm are our best partners, and they are providing the best 5G networks and also the base infrastructure for video delivery and also the playout decoding, uh, the goal of ATEM is becoming to be a better partner uh, with them to provide uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 bullet points that I listed here in the slide. So the first thing is we will we'll provide better spectral efficiency, uh, especially on 5G network. Although the uh, bandwidth for 5G network is uh, much larger than 4G and uh, also uh, to the previous generation, but still uh, the demand of TV and video is uh, growing rapidly. So saving bandwidth uh, so as to save the spectrum is still very necessary. And uh, uh, on this one in uh, last year, we actually had our first VVC encoder ready for demo, which can save uh, 50 more percent, uh, 50% more bandwidth comparing to HEVC. And the second goal for us is to provide a higher video quality with less bandwidth consumption. And then uh, with our technology, 
together with Zeti and Copcom, we we are aiming to provide converged TV and mobile services. For example, the topic that uh, Dr. Chow mentioned before uh, regarding DVBI for the service layer for uh, 5G. And also we will provide comprehensive content protection technology for delivery of uh, premier content for both contribution and distribution. For example, like uh, for contribution, we have for uh, uh, BCA for content for the uh, content protection and also uh, the watermarking for checking for and tracing. Then uh, we are also uh, aiming to provide a more personalized experience for a different group of audience. For example, we can provide targeted advertisement uh, and uh, personalized channels with our end-to-end -end solution. Okay, and I'll go to the next one. So actually these slides may be familiar to some of you because our sales team is always uh, presenting this to most of our partners. And the difference on this one is actually, this is the most up-to-date one. And we are uh, really reading these slides from a different point of view, which is really a transition of attempt from the DV broadcaster world to the 5G and broadband world. As we all know that uh, Atem was uh, the, a member of ATSC, DVB, MPAC, and SAMT, which are all the big organiza organizations in TV broadcast world. And now we are contributing and also working actively together with the organizations uh, such uh, like Ziti and Copcom in uh, 3GPP uh, and Dash and Wave. This means uh, TV broadcast is where we are coming from and now the uh, mobile and broadband is where we are going. Uh, therefore, uh, we are partnering more, we are partnering more with Qualcomm as a T on providing professional TV services. And uh, actually not only attempt, uh, but also the other big guys in the TV broadcast world are moving to 5G. Uh, EBU is one of them. And uh, with the 5G Mac, they believe the future of TV broadcast is on 5G. And uh, we have uh, ATSC 3.0 in America, and EBU actually is submitting similar requirement to 3GPP to allow TV broadcast, TV broadcast over the 5G network. Uh, this actually uh, includes uh, this includes uh, below uh, aspects. First is large air coverage of areas which might need uh, high power and also higher towers. Also the uh, flexibility of uh, and the use of the capacity of network uh, is, is also very important. Uh, this means that network must uh, have the intelligence to switch between the unicast and multicast depending on the real world user case. And also with the technology of uh, FEMBMS, uh, we believe the rebuffering issue on the end client side will be greatly improved. Also with the FEMBMS, which we call 5G broadcast, we can use this for the fixed reception of TV services, which means real cordless on the TV receiving. Uh, actually today we are working with uh, LG on, on testing a 5G receiver for fixed reception for big screens at home. Okay, as we know, uh, actually unicast is always serving a small number of audience. And if for broadcasters, those uh, 
and, and for multicast is actually used uh, when there is high number of audience looking at the same content or channel. And in the past, this is more in a static way, but with the 5G infrastructure, we can provide an architect for hybrid delivery for mixed multicast and unicast together. Also, we can deliver the supplement services with the unicast and uh, popular content via multicast over 5G. For example, next generation of, next generation of audio subtitles and maybe some dynamic insertions can be delivered uh, via the uh, unicast panels. And this can actually create a lot more possibilities for TV services. Okay. And uh, five, we think 5G is also the option for delivering uh, immersive TV with low latency to OTT subscribers. With the support from uh, Qualcomm, Apple, Doobie, and those big names, uh, we built the immersive low latency OTT uh, delivery on 5G. Uh, you can see from the diagram here, we are encoding the content and packaging them into required format. And then the content will be sent to the origin and CDN, and then deliver via the 5G network to the uh, iOS and Android devices. In this test, we are actually not offering the uh, not only offering the low latency, but also immersive experience, including the next generational audio and premier 4K HDR content. And this latency actually is on par with the broadcast. This actually helps the OTT service providers to provide the same latency and better experience to the subscribers with uh, easier and wider accessibilities. Okay, so let's go a little dip into the low latency uh, on OTT. Here we are using CMAP for the low latency and the latency on encoding part using Titan Live is around one to two seconds, 1.5 to two seconds, and packaging packaging entirely less than one seconds, and then to see the end to the player, the whole end-to-end -end takes less than five seconds, which is really similar to today's broadcast latency. And this solution has been validated with most of the players that supports the industrial standards. And because the uh, ecosystem in 3GPP is relying more on CMAF, this therefore we are more focusing on CMAF and uh, you know, as we all know, LL dash, uh, LLHS are both uh, CMF compliant. And uh, by the way, the CMF we used here can be used when the content can be multicast to the uh, to the five G terminals, or they can be uh, unicast. And I believe in the presentation of Dr. Chow has also also mentioned this. Okay, and here is a. A rough ecosystem of uh, low latency, low latency dash. We can see oh, we are we have a lot of support on the origin, CDN, and also the playback side. So uh, and then let's take a look at the LL dash, the situation of the LL dash. Uh, there are less support at the moment, but we believe it's ongoing, and there will be more and more support. Thinking about the business power and influence of Apple, and as three PPV, they are asking for the support for both LLHLS and LL dash. Uh, the reason is that big, Apple is part of the 3GPP, but it's okay for us because the two are both rely on CMAF. Okay, and this is the uh, low latency demo that we have deployed. 
so uh, you can see what we have we have uh, we have interoperability with the CDNs and various players, including GPAC and on-screen publish app, which is uh, providing the DVBI service list and also the uh, DeskJS Shaka player, and then comparing to the uh, uh, latency on the using MPEG-TS output. And the result is, uh, you can see here from the result, comparing the uh, latency, uh, the uh, OTT player using the CMF low latency is actually uh, a little bit better than the broadcast. Okay, and due to the time constraint, I will be a bit quick because I guess most of you already saw the uh, demo. So I don't, I, I will just skip the demo part and then to the standard standardization part. Uh, so actually all this technology are really coming from 3GPP and the 5G broadcast is uh, based on RE17 and uh, uh, Copcom is willing to use a DVBI for service discovery uh, and uh, its media layer still based on CMF not MPEG-TS. Uh, we had did a POC at French Open for 5G broadcast and on ATSC side, uh, they are taking a similar approach uh, using MABR. MABR is actually uh, supported by lots of broadcasters and technology providers. While ATEM has a full ABR solution with the support of TitanMux and next generational, next generation StartMux algorithm to maximize their bandwidth efficiency and increase their video quality. Also, uh, for open source, there are a lot of open source uh, implementations like GPAC, which is coming from Telecom Paris. So uh, actually, we have invited uh, uh, Telecom Paris, but uh, we have so many sessions to cover. So that's why they are they might be in might be present in next event, but not this time. Okay, and the last one, uh, it's a it's just a, a brief recap of the five G broadcast. So it's also called FEMBMS. Uh, so everything is clear on here and you can see uh, we have uh, the, the, the more information are really in release re 17. So I think I we are running out of our time. Hi, Kevin. Yeah, thank you, Ben. Yeah. Thank you so yeah, much. I mean, uh, maybe we'll answer the questions uh, uh, offline then we can uh, uh, transfer the session to uh, the next one. Yeah, we will make sure to send the, the answers uh, offline. Yeah. Thank you very much okay. for your attention. And some of the things that uh, it's a dynamic field, we will see uh, many additional improvements <laughs> done specifically for low latency. Of course, uh, between ATAM and us, we work jointly on this. We use ATAM's generated uh, streams as one of the reference streams that we use in our players to test. System and base way test switching, because ATAM is one of very few encoding vendors that could generate streams that, uh, along with us, of course, that have multiple streams. Uh, for low latency, but it, it is actually a, a rich domain. Okay. Uh, those are all the questions that I see here, and we're just about uh, coming to the top of the hour. Um, I think we can, uh, any closing remarks that you want to add, Sasan or Yuri? Well, it's been uh, a pleasure. Go ahead, Yuri. It's been a pleasure and thank you very much for the invitation and, uh, you know, uh, it, it seems very successful event and uh, looking forward if uh, anyone uh, interested in learning more, please uh, feel free to reach out or take a look at our products.
Yeah, I'll add the same. I mean, we just whetted your appetite with some nuggets of information, but really there's so much more to talk about here and feel free to reach out to us. And also a special thank you to Yuri. It's, it's right now 4 a.m. where he is. So we really appreciate him, uh, you know, getting up in the middle of the night to, to do this for us. So thank you, Yuri, and for being a good sport here. My, my pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Now we are at the end of the 12th podcast. If you want to find out more, you can go to the atem.com website or follow us on LinkedIn. Next time, we will cover increased content monetization with ad insertion. Don't miss out!